The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. We carry on through our day as if everything is just fine. But for many of us, it's merely a mask covering up all the emotion simmering just under the surface. Welcome to Stories from the Heart of Leadership with Shamin Sadiq. In this program, you'll hear from others who face the same adversities in life as the rest of us. But these individuals have redirected their energies to creating extraordinary ideas and concepts. Find out what they are and what's behind the motive. Now, here is your host, Shamin Sadiq. Hello and welcome to Stories from the Heart of Leadership. This is your host, Shamin Sadiq, and you're listening to us today on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. So I've been touched in recent days by how kind and generous human beings can be in this world full of so much hatred, so much war, so much persecution, and so much angst. It is refreshing, um, heartening, and delightful to come across humans who are kind. And I actually think that there are more of us who are kind than those of us who are warring. And I wonder, in fact, if those of us who are warring are also essentially kind and generous. Uh, And I would hazard to say that that's probably true. And it's just a matter of um, finding out uh, what really matters. So, uh, in my own noticing, I thought it would be helpful to talk about what it is to be touched. And so, the episode today is called Time to Feel Touched. Now, I know it could have a little bit of a racy connotation, but I didn't really mean it that way. What I meant was, what would it be like if we could slow down enough to take the time to feel touched? To feel touched by the smallest uh, glimmer of beauty either in another being, in ourselves, or in our environment. And since I've been so touched recently, I thought I would use some of my own uh, reflections on the value of this to frame the show today. But as always, I thought it would be helpful if we began by just spending a few moments silently together, uh, just noticing our breath, tapping into our uh, the lower parts of ourselves, the uh, getting out of our heads and maybe into our bellies a little bit more before we start. So I invite you, as always, to uncross your legs and uncross your arms. And if you don't feel like sitting and reflecting or sitting in um, meditation with us for a few minutes, then um, go get a tea and come back in, in three or four minutes and we'll get started together. But for those who are willing to sit, I just want you to sit in, a, in an upright and dignified posture without being too rigid or um, st- stiff about it. And closing your eyes if you feel comfortable with that and just bringing your awareness to your breath. And as you breathe in and out at your own pace, just chill out, relax. 
there's nothing to do, there's nothing to strive for, there's nothing to try to accomplish in these few moments. We're just going to sit quietly together, noticing our breath and breathing in and out at your own pace. Just noticing, ah, I'm breathing in when you breathe in and noticing, oh, I'm breathing out when you breathe out. That's all, it's pretty simple. And as you're sitting, noticing your breath, if you happen to find your thoughts wandering off onto some tangent, oh, I wish she wouldn't talk so much while we're meditating, oh, why do we have to do this anyway? Why can't she just get started with the show? Just smile gently at yourself and bring your awareness back to your breath. Good. And breathing in and out at your own pace. And notice how deeply your breath makes its way into your body when you breathe in. Now there's nothing to change, it's just noticing. I notice that when I'm excited about the show and anxious because I'm going to do the show by myself, sometimes my breath only goes as far down as the top of my chest. And I notice that the more I spend, more time I spend sitting and practicing this being aware of my breath, the deeper my breath seems to go. Is that good? Is it not? I don't know. I'm just noticing. And that's all I want you to do. And just noticing as you breathe in, and out. Good. And we'll spend a couple more minutes like this together. And as we do, I want you to reflect on people who touch you, things that touch you, events that touch your heart, where you feel moved by kindness or generosity. And see if you can imagine that there's a circle of, of those and that which touches you that is closest to you. And just let your mind rest on each of those people or incidences as you reflect. I'm thinking of my children and their Mother's Day card to me. Some of the sentiments that they wrote there, very touching. I'm thinking of the man in my life and how kind and sweet he is to me. That touches me in my heart. So think about those who have that impact on you. Good. And think about those who are a little bit further out, a little bit further removed from these closer ones. People that are perhaps um, community members that you know and recognize but don't have a, a, a deep relationship with. Just reflect on that circle a little further out from the center. Who are they? What did they do that touches you? Have you even noticed anything about people in this further out circle recently? And now, think about those who are even further out than your local community, 
Maybe there are people in the news or public figures who have touched your heart in some way. Maybe something you read about or heard about or saw on Facebook that really made you go, ah, how beautiful, or brought tears to your heart and your eyes. And the smiling as you rest your awareness on any of these folks or circumstances or stories you've heard. Good. And now think about those who you don't even know who might be touching others, who might do something kind and sweet and generous and thoughtful for someone who you don't know, who you may never know. And just acknowledge that there are so many good, kind people out there in this world of 7 billion humans and that we're all part of this same human family, this large family of humans, even if we never meet even if we never know each other. Just acknowledge with a smile all the good of humanity. Great. And so we'll bring this few minutes of reflection, contemplation, and meditation to a close. Just wiggle your fingers and toes and gently open your eyes, bringing your awareness back into present time, wherever you're sitting happening to listen to this and feel yourself sitting in your chair or standing or doing whatever you're doing just feel yourself as you are in this moment and let's turn to our conversation today which is about time to feel touched taking the time to feel the kindness and thoughtfulness of another and so as I was reflecting on this this morning, preparing for the show, I asked myself, why is this so important and what does it have to do with leadership? And the answer that came was this, when we can slow down enough to feel touched by the kindness or thoughtfulness of another, we reconnect to our shared humanity. Those were the words that came when I asked that question. Now the funny thing is, like many of you, I am busy. Busy as anything, every minute accounted for, a phone call on the hour, every hour practically, it seems like, and rushing off from work to pick up kids and quickly make dinner, trying to find something nutritious before everybody has to go to bed or to their activities before bed, rushing around. And I have different ways of talking about this. When I'm at my worst, I will say I am completely overwhelmed. I'm so stressed out. I have no idea whether I'm coming or going. And in the calmer times, I might say, oh, life is so rich and full. I feel so blessed to have such a, a rich, full life and business and, and everything in it is great. And in the in-between times, I might call it busy. Oh, I'm crazy busy. And then at other times, I might catch myself and say, well, it was busy, but not crazy. So there are gradations of this busyness that many of us find ourselves in. The pace of life is fast, it's hectic, it's complex, and it's ever-changing. So why would we care to slow down enough to reconnect to another human being, to feel this sense of shared humanity? What can that give us in this busy time where we're all racing to beat the clock? And I think what it does 
is it allows us to tap into the shared energy or generative energy of the group that we can accomplish so much more together than any of us could on our own. I face this all the time in my business life. I love being a a business of one. I love being in charge. I love to shape and, and decide and make everything the way I want it. I'm completely in control. But I'm learning that shared leadership shared um, investment in a vision that I have is going to help me to get there faster. It's going to help me to get there with more ease. It's going to help me to get there more powerfully and more impactfully than I ever could on my own. In my home life, I notice that when I try to do everything myself, as I often do, I get burnt out. I get exhausted and I get resentful. And so I've been teaching my kids, I'm I'm getting better at this. One just turned 14, the other one is about to turn 11. They're boys, and we live here together, the three of us, half of the time. The other half of the time they spend living with their dad. And it's good for them to do things here at home. It's good for them to participate. And so again... When I'm in that overwhelm and busy, I just grab onto things and I try and, and manage it all myself. And I get this kind of martyr martyrdom that starts to emerge. Oh, it's all up to me. I have to do it myself. But when I can slow down, then I can remember that, hey, we're in this together. Being a family means everybody participates. And so I've taught them and I continue to teach them and I continue to teach myself that they are supposed to do things here too. They take out the garbage. They take the garbage bins back in at the end of the, the day when we get home. They uh, clean up after dinner. They even make dinner sometimes. They clean their rooms and a variety of other things that they do. When they say to me, why should we do this? I say, it's part of being in a family. Not to mention the benefit that they'll have later in their life when they know that they can do things on their own. They'll be resilient beings who can navigate in this complex world. They'll be self-sufficient, but they'll be able to tap into the power of relationship. So this is what slowing down and, and feeling touched enables us to do, empowers us to do, to tap into the, the community, the group energy, to align and enroll, uh, enroll and align, enroll others in, in something that we care about and then align with them. Find the thing that matters so much to all of us and create it together. It's so much easier than trying to do it all ourselves. So I thought about how we will talk about this uh, over the, the show today. And I thought it might be helpful to think about it in through an adult development stage frame. Now, that sounds kind of technical. What I really mean is, at certain points in our life, it's easier to be touched by kind and kindness and generosity and fellow humans than it is at other times. That's really what I'm trying to say in a, in a nutshell. There are earlier times in life when I'm so caught up in myself and who I am and what I'm up to that I find it very difficult to be touched by something that somebody else did. 
then there are other times when I feel connected, more connected to everything and more um, able to see a broader perspective than just what I'm doing. Uh, and then I'm touched by the smallest things. So those are sort of two extremes that I want to discuss and, and some stages in between. I thought it would give it a little bit more structure since I tend to be a little bit organic and flowing. I thought, hey, let's put some structure to this. And as I was doing that, I came up with a bit of a template, surprise, surprise, that uh, settled down on top of my intention. And so that's how I want to talk about this from here forward. Now, in a couple minutes, we're going to take a break, so I don't want to jump in just yet. I'd rather save the beginning of this for after the break. But I will begin with this. There are times in life when we get a glimpse of what is to come. Something happens that was unexpected, that we just walk into, that gives us a preview, if you like, of where our life might be headed, what might be important to us that we weren't aware of, or perhaps something that we yearn for that we never knew we did. We didn't know what was missing until we saw it in front of us, and then we realize, ah, I love that. I want that too. So we'll start by talking about a glimpse, then we'll talk about the earlier stages when you're not really touched by anything. Everything feels kind of hard and, and uh, rational, and there's not a lot of emotion in anything. But then we'll talk about what it's like when you begin to notice. You start to notice that you haven't been touched and what that's like. And then we'll talk about what it's like to allow it in, to begin to allow ourselves to be touched. What is that like? And then we'll talk about what I call everyday kindness. And that's when we are touched by the smallest things. Now, all of this takes a bit of slowing down in order to see. So I'm glad that we're here together so that we can slow down for this hour and take a look together. And if you'd like to join me in the conversation, please feel free to call in at one 888-346-9141. Kevin is standing by. He'll answer your call and you can join the conversation. So while we go to break, why don't you think about what has touched you recently, what hasn't touched you recently, and then we'll join up together again and continue the conversation after the break. This is Shamin Sadiq. I'll be right back. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. 
follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN. The Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Stories from the Heart of Leadership. If you have a question or comment, or just want to find out more about our program, please send Shamine an email. Her email address is shamine at anjaliLeadership.com. That's S-H-A-H-M-E-E-N at A-N-J-A-L-I Leadership.com. Now, back to stories from the heart of leadership. Welcome back. This is Shamin Sadik, and we're talking today about taking the time to feel touched. We could also call it finding the extraordinary in the ordinary, uh, because being touched doesn't always have to be such a big deal. It can be in the small things, but I'm getting ahead of myself. Here's what I noticed over the break. I was listening to the commercials that you were listening to as well, and I noticed that it got me kind of fast and hurried, and it started making me think about all the things I have to do, just the energy of the, the, the way that the commercials are. And it's not a criticism of commercials, but just notice that our whole world is geared to fast movement, get on top of it, do what's next, get better, be better. And I started thinking, oh, I've got to update my website. I've got to do this. I've got to do that. And then I said, whoa, hang on a second. I said we were going to slow down. And so I invite you to try to start again. If you've gotten a little off track over the break as I did, come back. Come back to what we're talking about, which is slowing down uh, enough to allow ourselves some time to feel touched. So I, I was talking about a glimpse I had a glimpse of what was ahead for me. Now, this was a time in my life I had just had uh, my first child. So since he just turned 14, this was about 13 years ago, or maybe a little uh, more than that, 13 and a half years ago. My, I'd come back to work. My little guy was in daycare, and I was uh, received a phone call from a friend of mine, a longtime friend of mine, and she told me that her sister had miscarried. She was pregnant, uh, she was five months pregnant, and she miscarried. I think I've told you this story before, but I want to tell it here in a, in a different kind of context because it's about a glimpse of what's ahead and feeling touched. And at that time, I was in a very dysfunctional work environment. It was dog-eat-dog, it was each person for themselves. I was part of a senior management team that was not working well together. We did not tap into our shared humanity. In fact, the opposite was true where I worked. And I was part of it too. I'm not blaming anybody else. I was uh, buying right into the whole environment and the whole scenario. 
And so I, I said to my friend that I would go to her sister's, uh, to the memorial for this baby that had, um, had not made it to the end of um, her development. And so off I went and I didn't know what to expect, but I was there for my friend. I'd known her since I was three and to me it was important to be there for her. So I arrived on the scene and was shocked, absolutely shocked at how many people were in this room offering their love and support to this young couple that had lost their baby. I had never seen anything like it, or if I had, I hadn't recognized it. So maybe I'd seen something like that before, but I hadn't recognized it. And that's what I mean by a glimpse. I suddenly realized that she had something that I wanted. Uh, No, I didn't want to take it away from her. I'm glad that she had it, but I wanted it too. And I realized I didn't have this in my life. And I was very touched as I saw how these people supported this young mother, how they got up and spoke about this baby and how they spoke about the baby's parents. And I I left sort of astonished, um, baffled, and very curious. I asked my friend, who are all these people who are supporting her? Are these all her friends? And she said, no, they're, well, some of them are her friends. Most of them are her colleagues. And I reflected on my own work experience and I said, holy cow, I don't have colleagues like that at my workplace. (laughs) If something like that happened to me, I can only think of about two people who would bother to show up. And I'm pretty sure neither of them would have any words to say like what these folks had said. And so I caught a glimpse of what it is to be part of a community, what it is to um, have support and have a, a circle of support to tap into. And something I'd never thought about, it's something I didn't even know I was missing, but once I saw it, I knew this was something I wanted. And I decided, uh, unconsciously perhaps, and maybe with a bit of intention as well, that even though I didn't know very much about this, it was something I wanted for myself and I was going to build it. And so I did. So that's a glimpse uh, that came from being touched, a glimpse of what was ahead. Now, continuing in our stage of adult development frame for this conversation, at early stages in our adult development, we are very focused on ourselves. We just really think about ourselves. We don't really think about anyone else. And um, where we think about ourselves and those who are closest to us, and that's about it. We don't really have a broader view of ourselves as members of a human family. We might think about ourselves just as uh, in terms of our own family, be that at work or at home. So one day when my older son was about five, he was sick. He had a fever. It was late in the evening, and I took him to one of those um, late-night children's walk-in clinics. And I parked uh, on a on a busy street where the clinic was, and I was uh, feeling a bit anxious because his fever was very high. And so I parked without really paying attention to where I was parking. And I took him in to the to see the doctors, and they gave us a prescription, and you know, so on and so forth. And they said he'll be fine. And anyway, we walked out of the clinic, and when we got back to the car. I saw that I had parked at the end of a driveway. I had actually blocked a driveway. And the person whose business was um, at that driveway was trying to leave to go home at the end of her day. And she had called the police and the police had just arrived when I got there. And she was yelling at me and at them and she was telling them to tow me and I explained to them what had happened. And they, I apologized and they let us, you know, they didn't tow us, they didn't ticket me or anything and off we went. But neither 
she nor I was particularly touched by the other. I was, I didn't, I didn't, I was sort of alarmed when I realized I'd parked in the wrong place, but I didn't really care that she had any feel. I wasn't aware of any uh, feeling about what she might be feeling. All I could think about was myself and myself was concerned only about, you know, my child. I came here. I par- yes, I made a mistake. Here's why I did it. I was really worried. My, my kid was sick and I needed to get him to the doctor quickly. So I didn't notice. I'm sorry. Sorry if I inconvenienced you, you know, and I said all of that kind of in the same voice that I'm saying it now. And uh, she said, I don't really care if your kid is sick. You blocked me in. And, and so we, we, we had some words after that, which I won't repeat here. But it was not me at my highest uh, and best, for sure. But I was at a stage and I was in a circumstance where my focus was really close. It was really on me and what I needed and what my son needed at that time. I have a lot of empathy or understanding for her. So I would call this... Um, this the not touched stage um, in terms of the spectrum of feeling touched. I was at the not touched, not touched at all, only worried about myself. So fast forward to a few years later, I was with a group of colleagues and we were um, at a meeting, a business meeting, a gathering and a business meeting. And uh, the organizers had arranged for some uh, special events for us to attend. And one of them was a speaker. And the speaker was a young woman who was talking about her sports experience. I can't remember the details, but she'd written a book and she was I think an Olympian, and uh, she'd had um, some some downfalls, and she had sort of overcome some challenges, health challenges, and other perhaps injuries that she had sustained. So she came to give us a presentation, and it was very much um, like a motivational speech. Now, at that time, I was with a group of colleagues who are in the field of leadership development that I am in now, and. I kind of thought that we were all beyond what this young woman was talking about. Like we knew all that stuff. We didn't really need to feel inspired by someone who was talking about something that we all know, which is if you really care about something and you you can overcome challenges and make it happen. It's a kind of standard message that many of you have heard if you've ever heard a, a motivational speaker or watched anything on YouTube, uh, anything inspirational. It's that kind of a story. And so I was not particularly touched. But I noticed that some of my colleagues had tears running down their faces as she was speaking. And I was very curious. I was, I said, I was the, one of the younger people in the group. So earlier in my journey into being uh, a practitioner, uh, an adult, uh, a human being who can feel touched, earlier in the journey, many of my colleagues are 15 to 20 years older than me, and they were the ones who were weeping. And I thought, What's got them so upset? Like, why are they crying? And I realized they're touched by what she's saying. And so I noticed that I wasn't touched, but I noticed that they were. And just that noticing had me ask myself some questions. What is it about me that has me not able to be touched by something that someone else is saying just because I think, oh, I've already kind of covered that. I know what that's like. 
And so I was comparing myself to her. I think, you know, I was at a stage where that's how I assessed how, how good I was, how successful I was, was by comparing myself to others. And when I compared myself to her, I could clearly see in my mind that I was way ahead of her, way ahead. No, I've had all those experiences. I've learned all those lessons. I'm good with that. But when I compared myself to my colleagues, I said, okay, something is very different between me and them because I thought they'd feel the way I did. But most of them didn't. Most of them were very touched by what she was saying. And so that sat with me. Uh, Actually, I only kind of came back to that story today when I was thinking about the show. But I think I was at still not quite so early a stage that I couldn't feel touched, but at a stage where I was starting to notice that I wasn't touched, starting to notice that they were. And I started to ask myself some questions about that. Let me pause for a second and invite you again, if you'd like to join the conversation, to call 1-888-346-9141. And let me say this too. What value do these stories hold for you? What does it have to do with your own leadership? For me, what I think it has to do with is If I want to have the capacity to guide leaders to extraordinary leadership, which is what I one of the things that I do, um, I was going to need to be able to meet them at a level where they could feel met. And if I couldn't feel touched by this young woman's story, then I wouldn't be able to really coach someone who was, say, at a stage like some of my colleagues. I just could not see what they were so weepy about. And now I look back and I can, I can totally see, and I'm going to tell you in a few minutes what I've learned. But I, but I really think that um, that was what that was, um, one of the things that was there to tell me was that you're not done yet. You've got places to grow into. You think that you've got it all together and that you know what's what. And so you can sit here with your arms crossed and not be moved or touched by what she is, by her story and what she's sharing. But that was really going to limit me if I stayed there. That's what I think life was trying to teach me in that moment. So uh, fast forward (laughs) another few years and it's important for me to say to you that I didn't think about any of this quite as deeply then as I do now. So that's another thing to notice is that things that sort of seem like just an occurrence or just something that happened, uh, not really a big deal, something we noticed can become very meaningful later when we look back and reflect. Uh, So maybe we'll do a show next time on the value of reflection and we can talk about how valuable that is. But I think I'm touching on it here as well. So fast forward to a few years later. Now I'd had lots of experience. I'd worked with many different leadership teams. And I would say that I was at a stage where I could begin to allow it in. I'll call it allowing it in. And what I mean by that is allowing the emotion to join with the rational thought. Allowing myself to be able to feel touched somewhat. And the way in which I felt touched at this point in my life was when I saw the fruits of my labor. So I worked, if I worked with a team or worked with a leader and over a period of time, I saw that their um, leadership had grown, they'd become more effective, 
they'd uh, grown into um, uh, more offering of their gifts and strengths and talents, I'd feel very touched by that. And so that was uh, the beginning of what it is to really feel touched was to say, ah, look at him or her, look at what they've done, but still with a great deal of regard to, I helped create that. I helped them do that. I was part of that. So still got a bit of ego in it. Still got um, something about me being the creator of something, Uh, me being the creator of my coaching that you know, enabled them to uh, empower themselves to create whatever it is that they're that they've created. That was the way in which I was touched at that time. I want to spend the last segment of the show talking about these later stages of being touched, because that's where my heart sort of cracks open, and I and I feel that that we have the most good to share and to harvest, the most potential for um, bringing ourselves into relationship with this great human family that we are all part of. So I'm going to just switch gears here for a moment because we're going to go to a break in a couple of minutes. I think what I'll do is I'll just spend a few moments acknowledging my sponsors who are also people who touch me and um, people with whom I've had such touching experiences. Let me thank Jim Anderson and Dan Holden, who are my greatest supporters, and um, or two of my greatest supporters, I think I have many supporters, who have really shown an interest in everything that I'm up to with stories from the heart of leadership and have put, um, put their sponsorship and their, and their energetic support and love behind it. So thank you, Jim and Dan. You can find them, if you're on my show page, you can find links to both of them in the links section. So go there and have a look. The other thing I'll do is spend a moment talking about me and my business, which is really um, why I have the radio show is so that you can know what to expect if you come uh, to Anjali Leadership and want to do some work with us. So Anjali is a Sanskrit word and it means heartfelt offering. And in case you haven't got that from listening to the show, <laughs> which I'm sure you have, my work is my heartfelt offering. It is, um, it is a, a loving kindness um, practice that is grounded in um, what really matters to me and how I want to share that with, with you so that you can take what's useful out of it and transform your leadership into the most effective that you can be. What I want is to help leaders to become uh, inspiring, effective, extraordinary, so that they can create the business performance that they want in a way that is sustainable, that doesn't use them up in the process, and that has them working with ease and elegance and mobilizing their communities, their teams, and their families at work and at home to, to aid in that effort. Something that we all want to create together at work if I can help the leaders to empower themselves to be able to create what they care about then they will be able to empower and engage their employees their teams in that effort and we all win when that happens so that's what I'm up to Uh, give me a call uh, or email me at shamin, S-H-A-H-M-E-E-N, at anjalileadership.com, and let's talk about how we can work together to do that. Let's take a break, and when we come back, we'll talk about everyday kindness, being touched, and taking the time to allow yourself to feel that way. See you on the other side of the break. 
We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Do you or somebody you love have a struggle with abuse? You don't need to be a slave to your abuse anymore. Listen for Beyond Abuse, Beyond Therapy, Beyond Anything with Dr. Lisa Cooney. Dr. Lisa overcame struggles in her own life. Two decades of sexual, emotional, and physical abuse nearly took their toll. In her 20s, she turned her life around and set upon a path to help others. She can help you find the key to take control of your life, too. Listen every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Where can you listen to some of the world's top life coaches ready to dish out success tips and entrepreneurial guidance? The Voice America Empowerment Channel will do just that. Whether it's personal growth, building a better business, or inspirational life stories, make it a daily habit to tune into our programs. From weight loss and personal branding to law of attraction and increased happiness, you'll find it every day at VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are listening to Stories from the Heart of Leadership. If you have a question or comment, or just want to find out more about our program, please send Shamin an email. Her email address is shameen at anjaliLeadership.com. That's S-H-A-H-M-E-E-N at A-N-J-A-L-I Leadership.com. Now, back to stories from the heart of leadership. And we're back. Stories from the heart of leadership. And this is Shameen Sadik, your host. And today we're talking about taking the time to feel touched. So we've covered a lot in the previous two segments of the show. We've talked about um, why it would be important to allow yourself to feel touched or to take the time to slow things down. We've talked about what it is to get a glimpse of what might be ahead. We've talked about the earlier stages of our lives where we don't feel touched. We're so kind of excited about what we're up to and and our own accomplishments that we don't see much further than ourselves or our immediate family, be that at work or at home. We've talked about what it is like when you begin to notice that uh, um, there's there are things out there that touch people, even if they don't touch you, and start to get curious about that. And I'm making a little note here on my page because there is something about that being curious that is probably worth us spending a little bit of time upon. Because here's the thing. It's one thing to notice that you didn't get touched. It's another thing to notice that others do. And if you recall my story about that, you'll, you'll know that that was the position I was in. But the thing that makes a difference between that just being something that happened one day and that being something that leads us into 
something deeper is the curiosity. Do you feel curious when you notice? I've noticed a theme for me in my work and on the show over the last weeks, and I've been talking about it and touching upon it bit by bit. And it's starting to form into some sort of a, a, a framework. But the framework is sort of a, what I'm calling right now a meta self-awareness. A self-awareness that goes beyond just the, oh, how's my work-life balance and, and can, I, can I stay kind of cool under pressure? That is um, way beyond that. And part of the self-awareness is noticing what you notice. So I told you that I noticed that I was having certain thoughts about the speaker and was not particularly moved or touched because I felt like she was talking about something that was too early for me to be bothered with. And then I noticed that my colleagues were all weeping. And then I said, so that's the first part of self-awareness is noticing, ah, I'm having a different response than everybody else. Uh, And then noticing that I was curious about that. Instead of saying, well, they must all be a bunch of idiots, I said, hey, hang on a second here. I think there's something for me to delve into. I don't know exactly what it is, and I don't know when I'm going to know what it is, but I'm noticing this and I'm curious about it. What's making them weep? And what's having me not weep? And I can tell you pretty simply what was having me not weep is that it was my ego. My ego was threatened um, by anyone who could do what I had done but better. Um, Maybe the fact that she'd written a book and I hadn't and I still haven't uh, was in play. But there was a way in which by being sort of distant and cool about it and a little nonchalant, um, I was... I was attempting to satisfy the part of me that needs to be better than, the part of me that needs to be number one, the part of me that needs to feel like I stand out. And if someone else does, then it's a direct threat to my success, my image of myself. So it was pretty much grounded in my own egocentric tendencies. And um, hey, it's part of being human, having an ego. We need one so that we can navigate through the world. It's just that my response to her in that moment was more a reflection of that running the show than some other parts of myself. And so again, coming back to the point here, it's about being curious. It's about saying, oh, I wonder what that is. And what is it about them? What's the experience that they're having that's making them weep? I'd love to tell you a story about how I pulled them the next day and asked them, why were you weeping? But I have to tell you the truth, which is I didn't do that. I was um, too scared. Um, It would upset my apple cart too much to have even asked them about it. So I made some stuff up to myself. And now I can tell you a little bit more about what that was because I've experienced that myself. So I'll tell you a, a story about what happened this weekend. My son, my younger son, he grew his hair for four years And now this kid had beautiful long hair. Oh my God, I would die for hair like that. Um, I never thought I'd have a kid with brown hair because my hair is black, but um, I do have a kid with brown hair, light brown hair, medium brown with light uh, blonde highlights. Very surprising to me. But he grew it really long and it was, uh, oh my gosh, probably a foot long when all was said and done from the nape of his neck down the middle of his back. And he was known for this hair. He walked around at school with this hair. Everybody wanted him to cut it. His grandparents especially. Um, um, his dad and I both, uh, you know, encouraged him to, to consider cutting it. And he dug in his heels for these four years and said, no way, I'm not cutting it. I want to have long hair. So we said, okay, 
uh, then you've got to wash it and condition it and brush it every day, and these are the rules. So I guess he'd been mistaken for a girl once too often, and hey, I have no problem with that. If he was mistaken for a girl, so what? You know, it doesn't matter. Boys can have long hair too. I'm all for equality of opportunity uh, in either direction. But I think at his tender age of, of almost 11, uh, one day he was in the uh, in the subway and his friend did not hold the door for him and someone made a comment to his friend that he should have held the door for the girl. And my son turned around and said, I'm not a girl, I'm a boy. And the person was mortified, but, uh, but there it was. I think that might have been the last straw. So he decided that he was going to get his hair cut. And he came to me two weeks ago and he said, Mom, I'm ready to get a haircut now. And I said, okay, um, when should we do it? What do you want to do with the hair? And he said, now, you know, I told you last week that my grandmother um, passed away a few weeks ago. And she had been diagnosed with lung cancer before she died. And um, my son said, I would like to donate my hair to the people who make wigs for people who have cancer. People who have chemotherapy and lose their hair. I would like to donate my hair to those people. Can we find out how to do that? So I said, sure. I was very touched, <laughs> very touched um, by his sweetness and his thoughtfulness. And we looked online and figured out what we needed to do. Turned out it's pretty easy. You just need to cut the hair, uh, contain it in a ponytail, and uh, and mail it in. And even the mailing label was provided free of charge. So we got everything ready, and we went to the hairdresser. I know I'm dragging this story out, but it's such a good story. I love it so much. I was touched by my son and his thoughtfulness. And then I was even more touched when we got to the hair hair place. We went to no place fancy. Um, first choice haircutters at Warden and Eglinton. If you're in the Toronto area, they have really nice people there. And so, uh, a little shout out to to that group of people. Um, we arrived, and the woman who was going to cut his hair asked me, you know, what do you want to do with his hair? And I explained. And I had thought that we would just make one ponytail out of his hair, chop it off, put it in the bag, and be done with it. She said, no, I think what I'll do is I'll separate the hair into three sections so that we can get the most yield out of his hair for the wig. And I said, really? She said, yeah. So she, she started to arrange his hair in these three sections. She braided each section. She cut it. She tied it off and cut it so carefully. And I ended up with these three beautiful light brown and blonde um, braids in my Ziploc bag and then she proceeded to cut and style my son's hair the way he wanted it while she was it's a big deal to cut your hair after four years I don't care who you are it's a big thing for most of us to cut our hair and I'm sure deep down it's a big thing for my son as well but I think he had come to terms with it before we got there so I was a bit concerned that I was going to be upset and that I was going to cry I didn't in the moment But the woman who cut his hair, and I wish I could tell you her name, she was extraordinary. She was sensitive to the fact that he was cutting this long, beautiful hair. She invited us to take before and after pictures. She was thoughtful about how much she could get out of his hair. She cut it with such kindness. She styled his hair exactly the way he wanted cut it to the style that he had shown her a picture of. She chatted with us about hair and life and everything while we were there. We're strangers to her, absolute strangers. Well, maybe she'd seen us there before because I take the boys there for their haircuts often, but she didn't know us. She didn't, she knew his name. That was about it. She didn't know me. I don't know her. And we chatted as if we'd known each other, you know, 
as if we were part of the same shared human family, which we are. Anyway, when we left, um, we waited for my older son to get his hair cut. Someone else was cutting his hair. And my younger son said to me, you know, Mommy, I think we should leave her a really nice tip. She was really nice to us. And I said, yes. So we, we gave her a tip, and then we were on our way. As we walked from the, that, that store to the next place on our day of shopping that we had, I began to weep. And my son asked me, Mommy, why are you crying? And I said, because you're so thoughtful and because she was so thoughtful. And he said, I don't know what you're talking about. You know, what do you mean she was thoughtful? I mean, yeah, she was nice to me, but what do you mean? I said, she didn't have to be that careful and kind. She didn't have to separate the hair into three sections so that she could get the most yield out of your hair. She didn't have to be, um, to make conversation with us while we were there. She didn't have to be sensitive to the fact that you were cutting all this hair off. She could have done it very matter-of-factly, very business-like, and I've had people who've cut hair who've been that way uh, from time to time. She wasn't like that, and it touched me deeply. He kind of laughed. He said, oh, I knew you were going to cry at some point. I was just waiting for, for when you would. But I said, honey, it's because I'm touched. And you know what I was touched by? I was touched by everyday kindness. It was nothing special. She didn't do anything extraordinary. No books have been written about her. She probably won't make it to the front of any magazine cover. But she connected with us like a fellow human being. She was kind to my son, and she was thoughtful about what she was doing. And that touched me incredibly. And I find myself touched by things like this more and more often these days. So this is what I'm calling everyday kindness, being touched by everyday kindness. And I think it's kind of a... Um, kind of like an advanced version of being touched. <laughs> it's not about anything that I did. It's not about anything that I helped to create. It's just, um, it's just the way I feel when I'm with a fellow human being and we are kind to each other. What would be possible for all of us if we could feel this way with each other, acknowledge that we are touched by these simple things, not need such um, monuments to ourselves in order to feel good, what would be possible? I have a few thoughts. We could live with more peace. We could live with more joy. We could become one human family. We already are. We could start acting like one, where each member in the family takes responsibility for their contribution to the experience of all of us. It doesn't have to be hard. You don't have to give up anything. You actually could have this right now, right now in this moment, we could all have this. So I invite you to do two things if this conversation that we've been having today has touched you in any way at all. I invite you to do two things. One is create some space and time to be touched. <laughs> Slow down. Say hello to the grocery um, checkout clerk. Talk to the teller at the bank. Smile at someone in the subway. That can make the difference. Such a big difference to, your, to you and to them. So allow yourself to be touched. And the second is allow yourself to touch someone else. Okay, yeah, you can take it the wrong way if you like. But what I mean is allow yourself to acknowledge something that you see in someone else. Something that is simple. Oh, 
um, I love the way that color looks on you today. Or, oh, you, you look especially happy today. What's, what's happening? How's it going? Show an interest in another person. Connect to them as a human being, not as an object, not as something that serves your purpose, not as a tool, but really connect to another human. So if you feel inspired to do either of these two things, then go, go. Allow yourself to be touched and allow yourself to touch another. Slow down, take a deep breath. Life is busy. You don't have to be caught up in it all. See what this has to offer you. And then send me an email and let me know what you notice. Until next time, I'm Shamin Sadiq. This is Stories from the Heart of Leadership, and I look forward to being with you. Take good care. Thank you so much for joining us today for Stories from the Heart of Leadership. Shamin Sadiq will be back next Monday with another extraordinary guest at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We hope you'll come back as well. Have a terrific week. And remember, you are not alone. Oh, 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 oh,